Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I'm joined by Mammeet Chowdhury. Mammeet, welcome. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much. I'm very humbled that you've invited me on the show. And first of all, congratulations. It's doing amazing. I've seen so many reviews, so many things happening. So well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we first met back in September 2018. We were both invited to speak alongside each other at an event, which was great because I hadn't really heard of your work before. I'd known that Matt Baker, who recommended you, had been working with you and he was speaking great volumes about you, but I hadn't seen your work in action. And I found it really fascinating to listen to how you set about what you do. And in that particular, at that particular event, you involved volunteers from the audience and took them through very quickly emotional journey. And I was it made a massive impact on them and on me. So that is why I wanted you to come on the podcast because I've been following your journey ever since. And you are a human behavior expert. Tell us a bit more about what that means and also optimum performance expert. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Thank you. Um, right. So basically, you know, obviously we're all humans um, and all of our behavior is really dictating, uh, you know, how we show up, everything from the things that we perceive in our life, then the, you know, the um, actions we take, the decisions we make, those are the things that we kind of, you know, only have, uh, have control over that. So it intrigued me to a point in my life where I was like, uh, what does all of this mean? Like, why do we act like this? Why do certain things happen to us? And why does it happen? Certain things happen to us and not to others. So I kind of uh, started on the whole researching human behavior and um, understood that our human behavior is the very thing that determines our performance, which is why it's, you know, human behavior and um, optimum performance expert, because I believe that there is this thing also why I, I kind of say, well, peak performance isn't enough, because when we perceive we're at our peak, you know, the moment we think we're successful, we're on our way down. Whereas optimum is very much like you're just keeping focused on as, you know, as your podcast name is focus on your why, because as soon as you keep, you know, keep focusing on the why, um, it, there's a consistent performance rather than the volatile kind of high highs and low lows. And that's really interesting because everyone sort of measures their success by the peaks that they have. But actually, the consistency is what you're aiming for. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. OK, so how long have you been doing this work? Um, just over 13 years. It was about 2008 now that I, I got into the work. Yeah, just over 13 years. And what were you doing before? Uh, I was working. So I've been in sales ever since I was sweet 16. Only a few days ago, really. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, you know, I'm wearing this uh, headband as we do this podcast. And yesterday someone said to me, Are you 20 years old. I'm like, thank you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm actually 38 now, but uh, at the time I was about 25. So 2008 is when, when the journey started and I was working in this laser eye surgery um, clinic. So I'd been in sales all my life, pretty much. So I started off with retail and then it was in the service industry. 
sometimes it was an emotional environment. So the, the role, the job I had while I was at university is I was actually working in a termination clinic. So that was, I think, my first experience of any kind of, you know, an emotional environment and how people deal with their emotions and that. In fact, I ended up writing my dissertation on um, highly emotional environments and how there's still an element of sales presence in that, you know. And uh, then I worked in this laser eye surgery clinic for about, gosh, eight years now is in Harley Street. Uh, one of the best laser eye surgery clinics, but it was interesting because uh, uh, it was like the highly priced kind of, um, you know, uh, service and treatment, but yet it was the easiest sales job I did because cle clearly people just didn't want to take a risk when it came to their eyes. So I started off as a patient care coordinator, um, then managed the sales team, and then my last role before I left was um, business development director. So as I said, a lot of years in, in sales. So how was there a transition from sales into the coaching, teaching and workshop running that you do now? Uh, well, what actually brought me to that is, so I'd been pretty much since, I have to say, since 16, I'd, I'd been a number one saleswoman in all my roles. Like I would go over and beyond targets and reach them and, you know, just consistently that would be happening. And then when I was working for this laser eye surgery clinic, you know, my, my sales basically just took a real hit, you know, a nosedive dip. And I just knew that it had nothing to do with the fact that I didn't know how to sell. I knew all the techniques of selling. I knew how, you know, what I was doing on the phone calls, but there was just something that I couldn't quite pinpoint that was going on for me um, in my mindset, really. And actually what had happened is um, I, I call this part of my life like an issuesgalore.com because I had health issues at the time. Um, I had um, relationship issues. I had family issues, financial issues, like, you know, anything you can think of was definitely a, 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 you know, a challenge at the time. And um, I realized that, I mean, obviously, as my journey transpired and I, and I dealt with those things, my sales just went back up again. And I think for me, I, that was the kind of, I guess, first time I realized also that there is an effect on your performance, whether it's in your professional life or whether it's in your personal life, based on what's going on in your mind and what issues you're dealing with and how, how are you actually managing your emotions has a huge effect on that. And that was when I was like, huh, this is interesting. Um, but my own little breakthrough of my journey of when I was dealing with my challenges is what I, I set out and I, I did, um, you know, I was with my best friend at the time and I said to him, I said, you know, I want to help people go, th you know, overcome the things that I've gone through. And, but I'm a firm believer, Amy, like don't try and put on somebody else's oxygen mask on until you put your own on. So yeah, I just continued while I was working at the clinic, I continued working on myself and understanding more about, you know, my life and my behavior and things that were happening to me. And, you know, how they were absolutely perfect. And then uh, it was about eight years later, yeah, about, you know, seven, six, seven years later after being introduced to the work that I went, okay, now I, I want to transition. And why was it important for you to work on your mindset? Well, I think it was, I'm, I'm going to say it was a, a death or life situation was my importance um, because, so when I was going through those issues, you know, it was, it, I'd really hit rock bottom. And when you hit rock bottom, you're, you, you know, you kind of go, well, this is happening. And I had this, kind of, I'd be, I mean, and let me tell you, I had tried to address my mindset before that. 
and that was being in uh, the positive thinking industry. So I'd spent a lot of time uh, with a lot of known people like uh, Anthony Robbins, Bob Proctor. I'd done quite a few courses like Landmark and all these kind of things. And the one thing that I felt I was still left with was trying to live this life um, of positivity and still having challenges. And, and no one really told you how to address them apart from saying, well, just think positive. And I think, I, I think you'll agree, me, agree with me. When you're going through something and you perceive it's negative and someone tells you to go, just think positive, it'll be all right. You want to smack them in the face. <laughs> you know? So for me, it was like, I thought everybody else had a perfect life. Everyone else could, you know, had it like, it was a, a rosy type of life. I was the one um, who'd obviously been dealt the wrong cards. But, you know, I had this like on the front, I'm showing I'm absolutely fine. But uh, inside, I was definitely like withering away. And um, I got to a point in my life where I actually thought the better option was to check out. So I, I, I not only just contemplated, I thought of a few ideas of how I was going to end my life. And um, that's how, how low I got. And then it was only when I came across my mentor and teacher, Dr. John Martini, by a recommendation of a very good friend of mine, uh, that I kind of gave it one last chance. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful that that one last chance definitely turned into me wanting to be here today. You described it as being a death or life situation, not a life or death situation. What was the difference for you to say it that way round? Because it was the death that I was, uh, you know, wanting to do, which then gave me the life. So <laughs> that's just how I chose to do it. Well, there actually wasn't any like, I was like, yeah, that's just how I see it. So what happened when you met Dr. John Martini? So I got, uh, uh, let me tell you, I went to this talk he did, but kicking and screaming. And I, and I sat there in a room full of like 300 people with my arms crossed, thinking, oh, here's another positive thinking, uh, you know, personal development speaker that's just going to, like, what's he going to tell me? I don't already know. Because um, he also was, you know, featured in The Secret. But, you know, there was quite a few home truths that he, that he shared. But let me, let me share with you how I got to it, because I, I want you to understand why someone like me that you know obviously comes across wanting to end their life and then still thinks there's a possibility to go and hear another speaker so very good friend of mine it <clears throat> was in uh south africa he was really like in a uh kind of resentful space with one of his colleagues and uh so resentful that he thought of basically killing him and, you know, you can kind of do those things in South Africa and get away with it. You know, I, it's not really that surprising if you, if you were to get a gun. So he'd actually got a gun, I remember. And uh, he had a conversation with me and he said, you know, you've got to go and hear this Dr. John D. Martini speak. And I remember I just come back from India. I was getting over my jet lag and I was like, no, I'm not going. And he's like, no, no, you've got to go. And I was like, I don't think you heard me. I'm not going to another positive thinking seminar. And that was when he said to me, um, you know, mummy, remember the guy that I was in so much conflict with, resenting so much that I'd even thought of killing him. That's how much I resent. I said, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> casually, I just said, yeah, what, have you done it yet? You know, he just said, he goes, no. He goes, I have absolute love and gratitude for him. So then in my mind, I'm going, okay, he's probably forgiven him. And then it was the next line that took me by shock when he said, and I hope my kids have his traits. And that for me was like, 
if you can go from absolutely resenting somebody to the point you want to kill them to hope that your kids have their traits, that is the biggest transformation I've heard of. And uh, so I went along and I mean, I have goose pimples, as I say, you know, like, uh, it, and I went along and I sat there and then Dr. John Martini opened his talk and he said, how many of you are into positive thinking? And pretty much everybody in the room had their hands up. And he said, and how many of you still have negative thoughts? So that was the point I unfolded my arms because I thought that's exactly where I am. And if you, sir, have something to add to understand, for me to understand why we still have negative thoughts when we're trying to think positive, I'm interested. So I, I, I attended the two hour talk and um, you know I, that's the very thing that inspired me to go, hmm, I think I might wanna stick around to find out a little bit more. What is this that he talks about of how our universe really works? He kind of knocked the whole positive thinking industry on its head, which again, that was the first speaker in my mind that I'd, I'd heard to say it was all about balance. It was not about thinking positive. It was about embracing both. And so that even when you're in the highs, there's the opposites happening. And even when you're in the lows, there's the opposite happening, but all about bringing it into balance rather than swinging, swinging from one side to the other. So that's how I came across Dr. Martini, and uh, yeah, 13 years on, uh, I use his methodology now in my coaching and uh, training in, in my workshops. And uh, so I'm, I'm currently the only senior um, facilitator of the methodology in Europe. It's like having done another degree, Amy, you know, it's not, it's not like the, you just go on a coaching course and you're, and you know, you're done and you call yourself a coach. I do feel like I've done a complete, you know, we've studied We've studied so much, I mean, through through his studies, um, you know, gosh, what, 40 odd, for over 40 years now, coming up to, I think, 48 now, um, of cross-disciplinary research is going right back to how does the universe really work so we can understand human behavior, you know? And for people that might not have heard of Dr. John D. Martini, I don't know who they are, but they may be sitting there and they may be listening. Just explain what his journey has been and give a little bit of background of why it's relevant to why you're practicing his work. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, his journey has been a little bit different, of course. Uh, he's been, uh, he was a school dropout. He was told he'd never read, write or become anything. He was actually born on Thanksgiving Day with a lot, with not much to be grateful for, to be honest. Um, he had a, a leg and arm disformity. He had speech impediment. You know, as I said, he couldn't read or write. Yeah, some teachers at school said he, he'd never read, write, or become anything. And today, he's read over 30,000 texts, written over 60 books um, that have been, I don't know how many languages, and he travels the world 360 days. And right now, of course, he's just in a hotel for the last three months. Um, but yeah, because he doesn't really have, he doesn't have a home, you know, he, he travels the world and he's in hotels pretty much because, you know, inspired to bring the, the the message of how people can live an empowered life and that was very profound for me because I think that was not not only was it the point where I was like okay I'm going to do this for other people but that talk it, it was like it gave me a sense of purpose and it gave me it birthed my why for my second part of my life I think. And how have you now transformed your life from this work? Um, I think if I was to sum this up I'd say prior to this work and prior for me doing uh, understanding 
what I call is an optimum mindset rather than a positive mindset. Before me understanding that I was trying to chase a one-sided happy life. And as uh, you know, the Buddha love put it into beautiful words. And he said that the source of all human suffering is trying to obtain what's unobtainable and avoid what's unavoidable. And for me, that was the source of my suffering, trying to live this positive life and only think that that exists, happy, uh, you know, joyous, only one side and not actually and trying to avoid all the challenges, you know, because on an animal level, we are, you know, trying to seek our prey and trying to avoid our predators. And that's what that is, you know, but my life has changed. I, if I was, I just want to use the word happy just so that listeners can understand is that the more happiness I was trying to chase before it definitely put me down to, you know, obviously being sad um, because I was trying to avoid that. But if I was to use that word happy, it's like I'm happier now, but I would change it to say I'm more fulfilled now than I've ever been before, understanding that there are actually two sides to our life. There is, you know, life is a magnet. You can't get one side, no matter how hard you try and uh, cut this magnet in half, you'll always have both sides. And I, knowing that and the certainty of that, not only allows me to move forward with anything I want to do in life, knowing I'm ever going to always experience both sides. So the fear factor is definitely, you know, it's not to say I'll never experience it. Of course, you know, I'm a human, so you experience it in moments. But what goes through my mind is how can fear also be real if because uh, if I give you the definition in my in my mind now of what I perceive fear to be is fear is just an assumption that something in the future is going to cause us more pain than pleasure, more drawback than benefit, more negative than positive. Well, if I just keep that magnet analogy in my life and in my at the forefront, I'm going, well, that's not possible because anything that's going to happen all has both sides. But you see, the fear as well, because we, we never have a fear of the unknown. It's always fear of content in our mind. So it's like during this time, people have had fear I'm going to lose my job or fear I'm not going to make money or fear I'm going to lose my business or anything like that. It's typically down to things we've experienced, you know, in the past. So when I started to work on my past and saw that actually everything I've been experiencing has been an absolute perfect order with both sides, that allowed my fear factor to go down a hell of a lot moving forward. And the difference now to how that used to be is I'm actually embracing life and I wake up every day inspired to bring my service to people um, and help them because I know there are so many people out there that go down the route I went down because they think it is about being one-sided they think it is about being positive and the, and you know how social media is this day these days and things like that you do compare your life to parts of somebody else or what they're showing and you think they've got it all you know cushy and you're the one who's not got it all that way and so you start comparing yourself you know and people do uh you know it's this whole com comparing yourself to others is is the number one reason we we kind of have these unrealistic expectations in our life and in my perception it's the one that takes us down the the, the rabbit hole of wanting to you know not be here so what should people be doing instead of comparing themselves what should they be focusing their time on what I like to say, Amy, is I, I call, uh, you know, John Martini calls uh, something that we all have a set of values. I call them priorities. And um, I, I've called it GPS, a, a genius priority system, because we all have a genius 
within us and our genius is displayed in our highest priorities no matter what we do we have uh, you know we're inspired from within we never actually need outside motivation extrinsic motivation to get us to do that so like you recording this uh you know me coming on here you don't and, and you said to me earlier you've recorded so many episodes no one's needed to remind you to do that that's been you inspired from within to do that but and this is clearly where you're you know one of your genius lies is bringing all of this to people who obviously need it too now the other when we look at our hierarchy of priorities we're going to be a genius in what's most important to us because the the hierarchy is from what's most important right down to what's least important and can you explain that in a bit more detail please okay so when we have our highest priorities the area of our highest priorities uh, you know, we'll basically, as I said, we're inspired from within. We don't need reminding. We absolutely embrace both pain and pleasure in pursuit of whatever's most important. Like if we just take a mother, for example, who has a baby, the minute the baby challenges her, she doesn't say, oh, I'm giving this baby up now, right? Or the father doesn't do that either. They embrace the challenge of having the baby because it's a high priority. So even a mother has a high priority around being a mother. And similarly, you know, business people, as we go through life, we, we have challenges within our business, but it's interesting, the ones that we, the ones that may create a business, and then let's say they have a challenge, and they go, oh, no, that's not worth it. I, you know, sometimes they go, I don't know why I gave that up, mommy. And I go, well, clearly, it wasn't a priority, because if it was, you would have endured both pain and pleasure in pursuit of it. The things that are low in our priorities will tend to hesitate, frustrate, we'll, get, we, we'll procrastinate about those things. And those are the things that we need outside motivation for. And you'll tend to find you use this kind of imperative language when it comes to your lower priorities. You'll say, you know, I really need to be doing that. I should be doing that. I ought to be doing that. And these are all kind of somebody else's injected priorities. But these priorities are so thumbprint specific to every individual that this is where we all have our genius. So going back to your question of what could we do rather than compare ourselves is if you're going to compare yourself to anybody, it's yourself. I'm sure you've heard that saying before too, right? But what that really means is compare yourself to your own priorities because if you're expecting yourself to live outside of your priorities and be someone else, you're only going to uh, come up with an unrealistic expectation. And when you have that, you will tend to, uh, you know, you'll tend to basically um, have these emotions come up, which will be anger, aggression, you'll blame yourself, or, you know, you'll blame other people because they're not living in your priorities because you're also then shitting on them, right? And then you think that you need to be somebody different. So. When you're looking at comparing yourself is first of all is really get realistic is the area you're comparing yourself to we can typically go well what is it that they're doing that I'm admiring and where do I do that because we all display and demonstrate there are over 4600 traits and we display and demonstrate every single one of them according to our priorities now what do I mean by that so I, for example, somebody who has a high priority, let's say, on financial wealth, they may well be stingy with their money. Now, I have a high priority on my coaching and teaching, and I may well be with my social side of things. I'm going to be stingy with my time because I'm going to get back to what's important to me. Now, that doesn't mean somebody who has, who's stingy with their money is bad or good. That doesn't mean I'm bad or good because I'm stingy with my time, but I am a reflection of that individual because we're both stingy. 
that's working on things that we obviously judge in people that you know we are resenting and what i'm sharing with you is a it's a universal law called law of reflection and transparency which is whatever you see in others you have so we all display them so if that's something that we're displaying when it comes to things that you know when, when we see something negative in our perception in people we are sometimes too proud to admit that we have it in us right because we want to we actually want to show ourselves to be self-righteous and no 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 we don't do that but I just want to say it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of where you do it because we all display it so similarly the very things that we compare ourselves to other people we put people on pedestals and we're too humble to admit that we have what we see in them so if you're admiring somebody I would ask what is it specifically what specific trait action or action are they actually displaying or demonstrating that you're admiring most and this this question i'm giving you is a little bit of a part of the demartini method itself is the moment you then see that whatever you're putting them on a pedestal for and you look at where you do that in your form you will see that there's no difference and you level the playing field but if you compare one area and then you're expecting and then you see that all the other priorities so you know i, ha I had a client who came to me for example said mommy i'm not successful and I said, well, what do you mean I'm not successful? Go, no, no, you don't understand. I'm just not successful. And I said, well, what specific area are you talking about? And he said, well, I'm not really successful in my business. And I said, great. So anytime someone says that, I know they're also comparing themselves to someone because it's got to be compared to what? Compared to who? And, um, and so when I said that, he said, oh, there's a friend of mine who's like, you know, a millionaire and he does, he's got so many businesses and does all these properties and all of this stuff. And I said, great. Okay. So tell me, where are you successful in your life? And, you know, in your perception, where are you doing well? And he said, no, no, I don't think you understand what I just said. And I was like, look, just answer my question. Where are you successful in your perception? And uh, then he, you know, after a bit of, you know, pulling into tagging kind of thing, he went, well, actually, I have a beautiful relationship with my wife. She's my soulmate, um, you know, and I don't, I couldn't have asked for anybody better. And, you know, we really connect and emotionally we're connected and we can talk about anything. So great. Where else? And he says, my relationship with my kids, um, you know, my daughters are, they're basically miracle babies. And, um, you know, in fact, the daughters were also born as a part of this work. In fact, uh, the mother got told she would become um, a mother, in fact, and uh, just removing some emotions really uh, helped that um, client have kids. So that was, that was another little side note. But yeah, miracle babies. So I said, great. And where else? And he said, and I have a great relationship with my sisters, my mom. Um, and I said, great. Now, let's take a look for a moment at the individual you're comparing yourself to. How's his relationship with his wife? And he said, oh, no, like, that's really crappy. Like, I think they're going to end up in a divorce now because after so many years of being together, they just don't get on. And I said, great. And I said, and, and how about his uh, relationship with the kids? He said, well, obviously now with things happening with the wife, um, you know, he's not seeing as much because they were separated because he's not seeing much of them. And they're with, you know, this is basically... Um, you know, on, on different timings, you, you have a set time that you can see them. So he's not with them all the time. I said, oh, okay, so you're with your daughters pretty much when you want to be, when you can be, but this one is on time bound. And he said, yeah, yeah. And I said, and how about the relationship with the mom and the family and everything? He said, well, he lives in a different country, you know, so he only gets to see them now and again and things like that. So I said, so let me ask you a question. Would you swap places with this individual? And he just went, he just took a step back and he just went, no 
Because what happens, Amy, is we, we compare one area of somebody's life. We don't see the whole priority system. We don't see how this individual is completely living because it's a bit like, you know, when uh, there's that saying, sometimes you can write your circumstances down on a piece of paper, put it in a, uh, like put it in a basket or whatever. And the moment you pick up somebody else's, you go, no, thank you. I'll have my circumstance back, right? Because you tend to think when you're comparing yourself to somebody, you tend to think that they have this life that is, you know, one-sided, but you also think the grass is greener. But in fact, they have the same set of pain and pleasures that you have, but they've got it according to their priorities. So yes, their business may well be doing well, um, but in the other priorities, they also don't have the things that you do. So when you see that, you you tend you're, what you're doing is because you're comparing something to what isn't high in your priority. So when I said, well, let's have a look at your priority list, like where's the business? And of course, he had a very high priority on family and uh, immediate family, his wife, communication. He had a high, uh, very high uh, value and priority on self-mastery as well. And his business was just further lower down. I said, well, let's just have a reality check. If you don't have a priority on it and you're not spending, you know, your time, energy, and you're thinking about it and doing things, it's not going to be a priority. So quit, you know, comparing yourself to this fantasy of how you think your life should be just because you're comparing it to somebody who has a higher priority on business. I mean, that guy's number one priority was business, you know, whereas it's like number five for him. So I think the key thing here is just to really realize that A, we all have all traits. So if you are comparing, what are you admiring? And look at where you display and demonstrate it in your own form. And secondly, just to take a step back and go, well, the area I am comparing firstly as well, how further down or further up is it in my priorities? Because that gives you more of a, like a, it's a reality check. Now, it's not to say like, for example, my mom's an amazing cook um, and that's her number one priority, but you will not catch me in the kitchen cooking, not doing any of that kind of stuff. Now, if I sat there and beat myself up for the fact that I don't cook, you know, here's a typical Indian girl that, you know, when she gets married kind of thing, is not really going to know how to cook as well. Mind you, my mom did say she'll give me a crash course when that happens. But, <laughs> uh, you know, if I take that part and I go, okay, well, I should be as good of a cook as my mom because I'm, you know, the woman and I'm Asian and things like that. And I go, but hang on a minute. There is nothing in my life that demonstrates that's a priority. I'm not spending time learning about it no energy on it. And in fact, I'd rather get a takeout sometimes than I have to cook myself, you know, but mind you, health has gone up a higher priority for me. So that's the only time, you know, I kind of will do meal preps and things like that. But if she then compared herself to me and say, oh, you know, my meat's really helping people and, you know, I'm not doing the same. It's going to be very like self-depreciating for her to do that, self-depreciating for me to do that. Whereas, in fact, if I look at the fact of what she's doing when she's cooking is actually nurturing us as a family. So if I look at where am I nurturing a different form of family is the family is my clients and I'm nurturing them in the way of through teaching and coaching. And I said to her and I said to her, so if you think I'm making a difference in people's life, how are you making that difference in people's life through your cooking? Because we sat down and had this conversation. And then it was only when she said she goes, well. I cook for you so you don't have to take care of that and therefore you are making the difference. So indirectly, 
I'm actually helping you make that difference. And I said, absolutely. I said, do you know how many of my clients know you cook for me so I can, I can serve them? <laughs> so she's like, so I, I, I hope I'm getting the point across here is that we all, you know, this is Einstein said that great quote. He said, you know, you can believe your whole life you're stupid if you're a, if you're a fish comparing yourself to climb a tree. And that is what I truly believe Einstein was trying to tell us. But I've combined that quote with human behavior here and gone, well, if we just understand we're, we are all geniuses in our own highest priorities. So that is where our genius lays. And anytime we're trying to compare ourselves to somebody else, we're going to expect ourselves to live outside of our priorities. It's wise just to see that whatever you're admiring in somebody else, you have it and it's in your own form so you can level the playing field. And how does it feel when you are nurturing your clients and helping them to overcome the blocks and their emotional barriers? Oh, it's very fulfilling. Uh, I dedicated my life to it um, because of uh, the very reason that, um, you know, I perceived that I got my life through doing this work. So I, uh, <laughs> excuse me, um, I get very inspired when I... It means a lot then. Yeah, yeah, it's, I get very inspired because this is what I decided to dedicate my life to. Now, people who have a high priority on family, they're the ones that are like, you should be married now. You should be doing this, you know, and I'm going. So for me, this is my mission. This is my mission. And I perceive that that second life was given to me. Um, well, given to me and I obviously actively chose as well, but to serve people and help them so that they can understand there is nothing that we can go through that cannot be resolved. Um, you know, we're never given a problem we can't solve by the universe. It's just a matter of asking the right questions. And um, when we ask the right questions, that's when we're able to overcome certain, um, you know, things. We're not asking the right questions. We're going to sit in uh, in doing what I call it, our own pity parties, you know, like I did. <laughs> so we all do them at times. And um, but now it's just I have a choice. Yeah, it's like, do I want to remain a victim of my uh, history or do I want to see how this is serving me and see how it can actually help me grow and then become a master of my destiny moving forward? And I, I, I like to choose the ladder. And what would have happened if your friend hadn't persuaded you to have gone to that two hour seminar? Well, uh, that night, that day was when I obviously uh, come back from India, was just doing with the jet lag. And um, I think obviously I would have just carried on sleeping that night, but it already, you know, entered my mind and um, the thoughts of how to actually end my life. And um, yeah, I think it's very, I think I can certainly say I wouldn't be here. Mm. So for people who are thinking that they can hear what you're saying and that they're in that space, what would you say to them? Anybody that's um, thinking that the life is, well, they don't think it's worse than it is, right? They just, they, they're in their mind, they're certain it's worse. But all I will say is there's no challenge you can't overcome. Now that's sometimes easy to say, but here's what I can say to you is that whatever you think is going on in your life that is challenging for you, whether that be in any area, financially, uh, you know, in your family life, in your work life, in your business, whatever that is, with your conflicts with partners or anything. If we just take a step back and we ask, how is this serving me? to fulfill what's most important. Now, I just said our hierarchy of priorities is what's most important. If we ask, how is it serving us? That 
thing that part of our life we've got in the pit will come out of the pit the more we see how it's helping us and it's on the way of our life journey that will help you take it out of the pit and I don't mean you know you go so far that you go oh yeah it's helping me and that you've got so many things that's helping you and you go oh this is amazing it's happening because now you've just transformed something that you perceive negative into positive and I'm trying to help people to say it's about bringing it into balance because what you're going through yes it does have downsides but you are conscious of those downsides and you're so conscious and you've been running that so long that you've made that the truth but the truth is it has both sides there is never a one-sided event there's never a one-sided circumstance challenge and in fact there's never a one-sided individual either so if you even if you're experiencing somebody that you think you know they're always this way they're never this way i'd encourage you to look at where they display the opposite of whatever you're judging them for because you'll see that that individual has both sides so the moment we take what is our nightmare out of the pit and further we take what we think our life should be which is this fantasy we have of how we think you know obviously our life current life is not living up to this fantasy of how we want it and if we take that fantasy and we go well if i had that right now how would that be a downside and a drawback to me in my life in my highest priorities right now you will see that your life's perfect the way it is those two questions are really what, um, for me, when I was, you know, I'd gone further down into my depression and, 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 you know, I wasn't on antidepressants or anything. I hadn't been diagnosed, but clearly when somebody wants to end their life, they, they've gone down that route. I had this whole fantasy of how I think my life should be. I should be having a relationship. I should have made X amount of money by now. Oh my God, I don't know what my purpose is. Like how many businesses have I tried and all this kind of stuff, right? So everything that I was going through was not living up to that fantasy. The moment I saw how that fantasy not living up um, to what I think it should be was absolutely perfect and that how everything I was experiencing had the equal upside, I was able to embrace my life to see that it was perfect the way it is. So anytime, so anybody that's experiencing that, all I will say is everything you're experiencing is perfect, but it's just hidden it's got a hidden order that's waiting for you to discover it and the moment you can ask those questions you will discover it that you you know you will see that nobody's ever got a better or better life than you they've just got a different life than you and you have the perfect one for you based on your priorities it's very powerful that message and you know i normally ask for someone to leave a message at the end but you've snuck it in early as well <laughs> how could people get in contact with you Mamit? Uh, so I'm on social media. They can find me under the name of Manmeet Chowdhury. Um, I am, my company name is Optimum Performance Solutions. So that's just the name and .com. Um, but yeah, I, I share a lot of uh, stuff on, on social media. So feel free to follow me on Instagram. Um, and then very soon that I'm in the process of doing it, you can join my free group on Facebook that I will be sharing a lot more value in as well. Fantastic. So I'll make sure all of that goes into the show notes so everyone can get in contact with you. A final message for the audience, please, Mamit. Okay, so I've shared with you throughout the um, whole podcast here today about like different questions. And I think I just leave you with a leave you with one of my quotes is that your life is based on the quality optimum questions you ask. Only when you do that, do you live a life by design, not by default. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. 
I'm Amy Rowlandson, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrollinson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.